What's up, everybody? It's the Alex Leak and Friends NFL Podcast, back for another week. I'm your host, Alex Leak, and this is the 2019 Week 15 Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers episode. The 7-6 Bears at the 10-3 Packers, the 200th meeting all-time in the great rivalry. So let's get into this one. A big game. The Bears come in on a three-game winning streak trying to keep their momentum and win out, possibly, to get into the playoffs. But they've got to go through Green Bay, through Lambeau, and beat their nemesis, the team that's had their number uh, for years, and uh, prove that they can win the big games in their division. Um, they lost the opener in Chicago against these Packers 10-3, to and will hope to have a much better game on offense, a much more balanced game plan, and a much more, you know, just a better game all around. So let's get into this one. And it starts off with, you know, back and forth, 0-0 game. And then the officials step in. Uh, it's become a pattern this year in Lambeau. The Bears punt the ball. And it's covered very well. Wide receiver Cordero Patterson runs down. And perfectly times a hit on the punt returner, Tremont Williams. Uh, you see it on slow-mo... Like, live, it was close, and I can understand why flags were thrown. Um, but if you see it on replay, it was very close, and Patterson gets there just after Tremont Williams catches the ball. Perfectly timed play. Patterson forces a fumble, which was recovered by the Bears on the Packers' 48-yard line. So a huge momentum shift here, a huge opportunity for the Bears to get great field position and go down and get the first score of the game. Well, instead, the flags are thrown, and it's a 15-yard penalty on the Bears, which not only gives the ball back to Green Bay, but tack on 15 yards, and it gives the Packers the ball in even better field position at the Bears' 35-yard line. A huge swing in field position early in this game. Um, you know, after the replay, both the announcers and uh, Fox analyst Dan, Dean Blandino both admit that they don't believe the Bears should have been flagged on this play, should have been penalized. But Packers awarded the ball in great field position regardless. Uh, in my opinion, you gotta, we got to make everything reviewable. Because uh, these officials are blowing way too many calls this year in these games, even going back to last year, that have major impact in these games. If Nagy had the opportunity or the option to challenge that play there, and they could go to review, replay, and see that uh, Patterson gets there after the ball arrives. He didn't signal for fair cut for fair catch. Um, you know, just a bad call all the way around, and it really cost the Bears early on in this game. Um, you know, so this call. You know, I hate to bring it up, but going back to whether it's two illegal hands to the face calls against the Lions defensive end Trey Flowers. Or whether it's a roughing the passer body weight call on Panthers defensive tackle Gerald McCoy, or this call on Cordero Patterson, all these calls seem to go in Green Bay's favor. And interestingly enough, they all happen at Lambeau Field. And each time, each call, everyone, not just Bears fans, all NFL analysts say, that's a bad call. A bad call against the Lions that cost them the game. A bad call against the Panthers that gives Green, you know, takes Green Bay out of bad field position, gives them a much better position 
you know, that was third down, they're going to punt. Instead, they get automatic first down. And on this one, they get away with a fumble on the punt return, but it gets called back and it awarded 15 yards on top of it. So, you know, they got to fix this. And all three of these plays could be reviewed and changed if you could review them. If we're going to open up pass interference for a review, for replay, you know, I understand. I, I like what the NFL is doing, not changing the the pass interference calls. I like that they didn't change the one on Allen Robinson later in this game uh, on a fourth down where the, the officials actually went and looked at it on their own to see if it was pass interference on a fourth down pass to Allen Robinson and said it wasn't. And I like the call because... Those, you should be able to review all calls, but only overturn them if it's egregious, if it's obvious. And on this punt, it was obvious. On the Trey Flowers hands to the face calls, it was obvious that he was on the shoulder, not on the face mask. So let's open this up and allow teams to challenge whatever they want. At the end of the day, the goal is to get the calls right, is it not? I would much rather have a longer game with all the calls being right, than a shorter game where the wrong team wins. And I'm not saying that happened today, but it could have happened against the Lions, and it could have happened against the Panthers. And you never know when it could happen. You never know how one call earlier in the game is going to affect the rest of the game. So in my opinion, also going to the Texans-Titans game. And I think what we're seeing, like on this play with Cordell Patterson and in the Texans-Titans game, it's like if a if the defensive player or the tackler makes a hard hit and hits the guy with the ball hard, it's an automatic flag. And that's not football, guys. That's not football. Hard hits happen in football. If it's a hard hit and it's clean and not dirty, then we have to let it happen. We have to let it play. It's football. Football's never been a soft sport. So hard hits are going to happen. Um... You know, the Texans-Titans game, it was third and eight, and a hit gave the team automatic first down. And this play gives the team an automatic 15-yard penalty, great field position. A hard hit is not a penalty. Let me say that again, NFL. A hard hit, a good play by the defense, a hard hit on the ball carrier is not a penalty. And yet, these officials are throwing the flags because it looks, you know, too hard. And it's just egregious. It's There's no rule in the NFL rule book that says that a, a hit is too hard. They say if it's head contact or below the, you know, below the knees of a quarterback or landing with the body weight on the quarterback, mostly it hits to the head. And it, there was no hit in the head on any of these. And we got to do something about this because these bad calls are affecting the, you know, these games in major ways. And I, for one, can't stand it. I would much rather, I don't want to see, like, Cordell Patterson made a great play here. And potentially a game-changing play by forcing that fumble and giving the team a turnover, you know, a takeaway. Instead, uh, it's like Cordell Patterson is punished for making that play and the Packers are awarded 15 yards. That's That's inexcusable. That's not football. That's just... It's not well run, and we have to do something to change this. But anyways, hopefully the officiating gets better. My rant is over. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers takes that good field position and fires a 29-yard touchdown pass to wide receiver Devontae Adams on fourth down. For some reason, Bears nickel corner buster screen was on him and Devontae Adams beats him deep. I'd much rather see a Mukamara or Kyle Fuller on him here, but for some reason that's who was matched up on him and Aaron Rodgers takes advantage. 7-0 Green Bay. Matt Nagy decides to go for it on 4th and 7 from the Packers 41-yard line, but Trubisky's pass deep downfield is incomplete. Turnover on downs, so the Packers take back over. Packers, Matt LaFleur, head coach, decides to go for it on 4th and 6 from the Bears 36-yard line. Pass incomplete, turnover on downs on their end. And the Bears take advantage with a 30-yard field goal from Eddie Pinheiro to cut the lead to 7-3. Matt LaFleur decides to go for it again on 4th and 14 from the Bears' 41-yard line with just 9 seconds left in the half. Rodgers throws it over the middle, incomplete, but even if the Packers catch this ball, the Packers had no timeouts left, so it would have been end of the half. Regard, uh, so the pass was not caught, turnover on downs. Mitch Trubisky attempts a Hail Mary pass to end the first half and is intercepted by Jair Alexander. So the Packers take a 7-3 lead into the half. Um, you know, it's going to say that Trubisky had two interceptions in this game, but on a Hail Mary pass, that's a cheap interception. You're just throwing it up, hoping for a miracle. So that's not on Trubisky on that one. Packers running back Aaron Jones. So I tweeted at halftime, you know, going into halftime, I said for the Bears, halftime adjustments needed. They only got three points in the first half. That offense has got to get going. He only scored three points at all in the opener against Green Bay. So slow starts have killed this Bears team all year long and, uh, you know, not scoring enough on offense. So we start the second half. The Packers get the ball, and they march right down, and Aaron Jones rushes for a 21-yard touchdown on the first drive of the second half. Packers take a 14-3 lead. So a statement drive there puts momentum w- 100% in Green Bay's favor. Matt Nagy decides to go for it on 4th and 6 from the Packers' 34-yard line. Incomplete pass. Another turnover on downs. Uh, then Aaron Jones rushes for a 2-yard touchdown. Extends the lead 21-3 Packers. The Packers score on their first two possessions of the second half and really take control of this game. At 21-3 there in the third quarter, you know, you're thinking this game is going to be a blowout. And as a Bears fan, I was not happy. I didn't feel like we came to play. And, uh, you know, we were getting abused. And it wasn't it wasn't fun. I'm, ti- I'm effing tired as a Bears fan of losing to the Packers. I'm done with it, man. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm over it. You've got to beat the Packers. You know, it's got to stop, man. I'm tired of it. The Packer fans acting all cocky. Lumping us in with the Lions and the NFC North. If you look at our history, man, we've got more overall wins than the Packers. We've got more division championships than the Packers. And we're second right there with Green Bay for most championships all time. And yet, Packer fans talk like disrespectful as hell about us. Like we're lumped in with the Lions. Like we don't matter. There is no rivalry. And it's bullshit, man. It is big time bullshit, and we gotta change this as soon as possible. And if the Bears didn't go on this three-game winning streak to get back into contention, man, Matt Nagy would have to get fired. And I know his play calling has been better, but again, in this one, I didn't think it was that good. 
And I know Trubisky wasn't great in this game, and he wasn't perfect, and a lot of stuff just didn't go our way in this game, and it, it's unacceptable, man. you got to find a way to beat the Packers, and it was the little things that cost us in this game. You know, it was death by a thousand uh, cuts, and um, I'm just over it. I'm done with it, man. I'm tired of sitting on the couch watching this Bears team lose to the Packers. You know, this is an opportunity we, we could have got to four straight wins, and you took in that taking that four-game winning streak into the Sunday night game against the Chiefs at home, the atmosphere would have been insane. Our confidence would have been sky high. Yet we slow starts, not being able to execute. You know, when our offense isn't doing it, then our defense lets us down. It's one thing or the other, and it's a reason this team is going to miss the playoffs. You know, just not a great year. So anyways, it's 21-3. to Things are not looking good. The Bears drive down a 27-yard field goal for Eddie Pinheiro. Cuts it to 21-6. to um, The one thing I definitely appreciated was even down 21-3, Mitch Trubisky was, was throwing it with purpose and being aggressive and not hanging his head. You know, sometimes we saw that from Jay Cutler where it looked like he would just quit mid-game, you know, if the, if the lead was too much. That's something I really appreciated from Trubisky is he kept playing and kept throwing and actually got this team back into it. It was 21-6. Then Trubisky throws a two-yard touchdown pass to Anthony Miller, cuts it to 21-13 with eight minutes left in the game. Uh, Bears get the ball back with six minutes to go, but a killer interception. Trubisky throws it, and it's intercepted by Packers defensive end Dean Lowry. Killer turnover when the Bears had all the momentum there. Um... You know that should have cost him. That, that should have cost him, and probably did cost him the game right there. That turnover, and I don't know if I put that on Trubisky because he's trying to make a throw. He doesn't expect Dean Lowry to make a pick there. A great play by Dean Lowry. Credit to him, and a costly, costly turnover there. But the defense bails us out. I mean, on, on this play, on third and four from the Bears' 28-yard line, uh, linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski goes through running back. Aaron Jones to sack Aaron Rodgers, get him out of field goal position, a huge play to force a punt. So the Bears take over, uh, start another drive as a, you know, down eight, trying to score. On fourth and ten from the Packers' 49-yard line, Trubisky would throw an incomplete pass to wide receiver Allen Robinson, kind of just threw it up. He had a guy all over him. The officials would go to review on their own to see if it was pass interference because there was some contact there, but... They stuck with it being incomplete, no pass interference, and a good call in my opinion. But what kills me here, you know, only Mitch Trubisky didn't see it, but this would have been such a Trubisky play. Um, on 4th and 10, he's buying some time, he's rolling out, and you see Tariq Cohen r run out to the other side of the field. And if you look on replay, Tariq Cohen's wide open over there, and there is nobody, no Packer defender over there. If Trubisky does one of those things that he's done before where he runs to the to the right, looks back left, you know, he's looking, he can't find anybody open. It looks like he just trusted Allen Robinson, threw it up to give him an opportunity. But if he would look over further to his left, he had Tariq Cohen wide open. Cohen makes that catch and picks up 15, 20, maybe more yards. Um, would have been a hell of a play there, but... Trubisky didn't see him, threw it up to Robinson, incomplete, turnover on downs. So the Bears use their timeouts, get the ball back with 30 second, 
36 seconds left in the game. Trubisky does his his best, you know, to gets the ball to midfield, uh, throws the ball deep. Um, the ball, you know, we get an opportunity. The ball goes through Jair Alexander's hands, hits rookie wide receiver Riley Ridley in the hand in the back of the end zone, but he's unable to make the catch. Would have been a tough catch. Just one second left on the clock. I mean, you get your hands on it, you're like, ah, missed opportunity. Uh, then the Bears try the lateral game, you know, to get into the end zone. Trubisky throws it to T Tariq Cohen, who flips it back to Trubisky, who buys some time, breaks some tackles, gets the ball to tight end Jesper Horstead at the middle of the field. And for whatever reason, I don't know, you know, the Bears say they practiced it. It didn't look like they practiced it. But they were in position. They really were. Maybe they did practice it. They were in position, but Jesper Horstead hasn't practiced it. I don't know who catches the ball in the middle of the field on that lateral type play and doesn't look to his right at all to see if he can make a lateral. He can make a play. You know, because Jesper Horstead starts running, doesn't even look to his right. And if you look to the right, you see Allen Robinson there and Anthony Miller in front of him to block for him and a clear path into the end zone. If Jesper Horstead were to flip the ball out there to Allen Robinson, I believe that's a touchdown. Um, but instead, the Horstead fumbles the ball, recovered by the Packers at their own one-yard line. He was never going to get into the end zone, and the game's over. And uh, that's it, and the Bears would lose. Um, even if Allen Robinson scores on that, even if Jesper Horstead sees him and flips the ball to him, the Bears would need a two-point conversion to tie the game and would have to win it in overtime. So... I'm not saying this play cost him the game. I'm not putting it all on Jesper Horstead. I just don't know what he was doing there. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know why he wouldn't at least look to the right to see what his options are. Kind of like he got the ball, tucked it under his arm, and said, I'm going to try to run it. I'm going to try to do this all on my own. And he was tackled, you know, short. So whatever. Bears follow the Packers 21-13 in Lambeau Field. The Packers improved to 11-3. The Bears dropped to 7-7. Seven and, seven. and what this tells me, the Bears are eliminated from the playoffs. And the Bears are who they are. They're a 7-7 seven seven team. They're a 500 ball club. You know, as, as much as I want to beat the Packers, this isn't the game that cost us a trip to the playoffs. The, the games that cost us a trip to the playoffs were the Rams game, was the Chargers game was the Eagles game. Games like that cost this team. And, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but this isn't this wasn't a very good team this year. There was issues. And uh, we got to go into the offseason, correct it, and get some better, you know, get address the issues at offensive line and at tight end and, you know, all those things. And get this team better because I'll tell you what, man, one more year, of getting swept by the Packers and Nagy's getting fired. You know, it's unacceptable. You have to beat the biggest rival in your division. So hopefully things get turned around soon. Very disappointing to go from last season where we win the division and host a playoff game to this year where we are eliminated week 15 from the playoffs and a lot of issues throughout the year. The Packers stats, quarterback Aaron Rodgers goes 16 of 33 for 203 yards, a touchdown and no turnovers, and Rodgers improves to 18 and 5 in his career against his biggest rival, the Chicago Bears. So the Packers got a, drafted a quarterback that owns the rivalry, 
it's about time the Bears do the same. And uh, it makes me wonder where we would be at if we had drafted Deshaun Watson. I'm a Mitch Trubisky fan, and I've been repping Trubisky as hard as anyone. But don't get it twisted. Deshaun Watson is probably my favorite quarterback in the NFL and was lights out in college. How anyone saw Deshaun Watson coming out of college and, and thought, I'm going to pass on him. Dabo Sweeney, Clemson's head coach, Deshaun Watson's college head coach, said it best. Whoever passes on Deshaun Watson is passing on Michael Jordan. And Deshaun Watson said, uh, you know, whoever passed on me, they're going to regret it. And, I, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious there. Running back Aaron Jones for the Packers, 13 rushes for 51 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones just continues to get it done, especially around the goal line, getting touchdowns, having a real good year. Wide receiver Devontae Adams, seven catches for 103 yards and a touchdown, and defensive tackle Kenny Clark records eight tackles, two sacks, and three tackles for loss. Kicker Mason Crosby goes three for three on extra points. Bears, for the Bears, their stats, Mitch Trubisky goes 29 of 53 for 334 yards, one touchdown and two picks. My issue here is the 53 pass attempts. I know we were down big at 21 to 3, but you've got to do a much better job. I mean, both games against the Packers this year, Trubisky's thrown for almost 50 passes. You know, high 40s in week 1, 53 in week 2 unacceptable both games he didn't get the run game going and a little stat for that the Bears fall this season the Bears fall to one and six when rookie running back David Montgomery rushes for less than 50 yards they imp they are six and one on the season when Mo when Montgomery rushes for 50 yards or more Matt Nagy I said it before the preseason started I said it in the summer I said it week one I said it all effing season long check my receipts go back and listen i said feed david montgomery feed the rookie running back who led college football in broken tackles last year instead we refuse to feed him enough i mean i understand Nagy wants to pass the ball a lot but he's got a quarterback that's unproven a quarterback that many people call trash and say can't do it so all the more reason to feed david montgomery the rookie running back that you traded up to draft. And look at the stats. The stats tell you right there that we're 6-1 and one when he gets established and runs for 50 yards or more. That's not even 100 yards. That's 50. That's pathetic if you can't get running back one to go for 50 yards. I'm just saying, Matt Nagy, I'm sick and tired of your play calling. Like your, yeah, not necessarily the certain plays called, but the style of like play calling. The not willing to commit to the run. Especially when you got a guy like David Montgomery who's shown flashes all year long of breaking tackles and fighting for extra yards. I'm just sick of it, man. Especially in the biggest game of the year against your biggest rival. I understand we got down 21-3, but where was David Montgomery in the first half? Just unacceptable, man. I'm, I'm tired of it. And it better, it's got to get better. And... In my opinion, I think Matt Nagy will be best running just head coach and de delegate your offensive coordinator to call plays. But he refuses to give that up. So, hey, if you refuse to give that up, maybe you'll die on that. Maybe you'll get fired on that. Because if you refuse to feed David Montgomery and get him going, you're going to lose games. 
And you can say that's on Trubisky. I'm telling you, if, if we had Deshaun Watson and refused to run the ball, we would lose games. You have to be balanced on offense and keep the defense honest. I'm just saying. Rant over. I'm, I'm just upset, man. It's been a rough year. And shit like this, stats like that piss me off, especially when I've been preaching feed Montgomery all year long. Wide receiver Allen Robinson catches 7 for 125 yards. Wide receiver Anthony Miller, who is coming on strong here at the end of the year, 9 catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. Kicker Eddie Pinheiro, 2 for 2 on field goals and 1 of 1 on extra points. Bears fall to 7-7, seven and seven, eliminated from the playoffs, and will host the Kansas City Chiefs, the 10-4 and four Chiefs, on Sunday Night Football in Week 16. I'm strongly considering not even watching that game. I'm not looking forward to it, and I got the Chiefs blowing the Bears out. There's no way in hell the Bears are going to bring any sort of effort against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs being already eliminated. This is going to be a bloodbath, and I wish they would flex it out. I don't know why it's on Sunday Night Football. I'll tell you why. It's because the national media can't wait to jump all, all over the Mahomes-Trubisky draft narrative. So Mahomes is the best, much better quarterback. He's in a much better system, and he's got much better weapons around him. No doubt Mahomes is the better quarterback of the two. You know, he can make throws that no one else can make. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. I'm not sleeping on that. But Trubisky's not trash. And that's the national media narrative. They love to hate on Trubisky, say he can't get it done. I'm telling you, man, he can fucking get it done if we call the games right and if we establish a run and we play defense. You can win games with Trubisky. People sleep on him. People tell me I'm, you know, full of it. That three-game winning streak says it all. I know it was two games, two wins against the the Lions, but, uh, you know, that win over the Cowboys, Trubisky was ripping it, and he had some throws today against the Packers, too. So, you know, it's easy to hate on Mitch, but let's not forget that Nagy is the core of the problems. I mean, everyone wants to point at Trubisky, but this stat right here that I already mentioned should debunk all of that shit. 1-6 when David Montgomery rushes for less than 50 yards. 6-1 when he rushes for 50 yards or more. I don't want to hear excuses. Feed fucking David Montgomery. I think a blind fan can tell you that Montgomery needs to get the ball more. Why trade up for him in the draft if you're not going to use him? You can tell I'm pissed, man. I'm just not happy. It's it's tough being a, a Bears fan, let alone a Chicago fan right now, with the way our sports is going. So, Chiefs at Bears, Sunday Night Football, you know, that's a good one to skip. If you're a Bears fan, go ahead and skip that one. I'll give you permission to, because you're still a hell of a fan, but if you don't want to see Mahomes rip through the Bears defense, and you don't want to see... The, the national media just hate on the Bears the entire night. Don't watch that shit, man. It's going to be a waste of time. Waste everybody's time. And it should be flexed out of the national TV schedule. But anyways, the Monday night game, hell of a lot better. As the 11-3 Packers travel to Minnesota to take on the 10-4 Vikings on Monday night football. Week 16. Big, big game. Go Vikings. Take it to the Packers. 
I'm sick of this Green Bay squad. They've kicked our ass for so for way too long, and I and they've gotten away with some games this year that they shouldn't have. Some wins that they didn't deserve. So come on, Vikings, hand the Packers a loss, kill their momentum going into the playoffs. Somebody beat this team. I'm I'm sick of I'm sick of the cheese. I'm sick of the Packers and their fans talking all that shit. I can't see anything because I'm a Bears fan. So Vikings, hold up your end of the bargain. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back next year. So, um, big game with playoff implications, Packers-Vikings. That's going to be a hell of a game. I'm going to absolutely catch that one. And I uh, can't wait for it. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Uh, check out my other episodes. I got an interview out today, so make sure and check that out. Uh, former Tampa Bay Bucks, Seahawks, and Vikings defensive tackle Ellis Wims. Who won the won a Super Bowl with the Bucks? Uh, played in that Bucks Raiders Super Bowl. Got a sack on Rich Gannon in the Super Bowl. Hell of an interview. A great person. Great athlete. Uh, definitely worth a listen. So appreciate you guys. Thank you for the support. Uh, give me a subscribe. Let me know in the comments what you think of my content. And have a great week, guys. Peace out.